Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Build Your Network, episode 112. Hey, this is Albert Preciado from The Mortgage Guys. And if you want to learn how to build wealth and relationships, you should listen to this episode of Build Your Network podcast with my good friend, Travis Chapel. You have the ambition, the knowledge, and the experience, but still lack those relationships necessary for achieving true success. Welcome to Build Your Network, your guide to growing your inner circle, increasing your influence, and assisting others in reaching their goals. This is networking the way it should be, brought to you by your host, Travis Chappell. What is up and welcome to the one and only show that brings you tips and tricks on networking from the best experts around three days a week. Although they may not all be in the same field, every guest that comes on the show has one very important thing in common. They believe, as I do, that building relationships is crucial to achieving success in life. I cannot wait to introduce you to today's guest, but First, if you have not done this already, please go ahead and schedule a quick chat with me. I would love to talk with you sometime just for 10 or 15 minutes over the phone. Um, head on over to buildyournetwork.co forward slash FB. And in the pinned welcome post in the top of my Facebook group, you'll see a link that goes directly to my calendar. And there you can schedule a quick chat. I'd love to talk with you sometime. So I'll catch you there or I'll catch you in the Facebook group. And now let's go ahead and chat with today's guest, Albert Preciado. Albert started off as a mortgage lender in 2008, one of the worst times to be in the mortgage industry. He overcame the odds and through the fire and ashes that was the recession of 2008, the mortgage guys was established. Now Albert is coaching on how to invest in multifamily units, training his staff to be a fluid machine and putting on driven in September of this year. Albert, welcome to the show, man. Super, super excited to have you. Why don't you go ahead and tell us what you're most excited about right now? 
Well, right now, I'm mostly excited about the company, growing the company, the mortgage guys. And then I have the event coming up September 22nd, which is an event that I put together. I had the first one last year. We had driven 17 and it was great. We had a great response as I think it's just natural that as a person putting it together, you think that everything was hectic and crazy and you feel like it wasn't as good as you think it could be because you're always aspiring to be better. Mm -hmm. But everybody else, all the crowd, all the people that attended the event, they were all telling me like, damn, how great was this event was the best event of my life. It changed my life. It was like amazing. I came out so inspired. People send us emails, messages every day telling us how they increased their income by 10 times, by 100 times, and how now they're in a way better position than they were when they attended the event. So it was a great success. It was the first one. So there's a lot of things that we're going to learn from and make sure that Driven 18 is much better. But we had Grant Cardone, Brad Lee, among others at the Driven at 17. So this one's going to be a, a bit different. We added more people. Oh, really cool. Really cool. Who's speaking at the one this year? Grant's back. Brad Lee's going to be there. We're going to have Patrick Bedavid. Awesome. Awesome. We're going to have Tim Story. Really cool. We're going to have Elena Cardone. We're going to have, I'm going to speak. My wife's going to speak. And it's going to be a one-day event. So you can imagine how packed it is into one day. So I like the one-day thing because most events are three, four-day events. Mm -hmm, right. And what I hate about those events sometimes is that sometimes there's way too many speakers that I don't really want to see. So mm. I wait till the end, like usually the best, like the top speakers speak towards the end. So, yeah, yeah. so you have to wait till the end and then to see the speaker. So what I did is I wanted to have people that have made a difference in my life and Two of those people are Grant Cardone and Patrick Bedavid. And I wanted to get people that I know have a formula that works and just concentrate it into one day so that people could go in and come out with all the data they need to take their life to the next level. Yeah. So cool, man. All the people that you mentioned, except for Tim, have been on the show and are huge role models of mine. Sounds like it's going to be an awesome event. I highly recommend, especially if you're in the LA area or can get to LA fairly quickly and painlessly to go check out Albert's event out in September. Is there a website they can go to buy tickets at right now, Albert? They could go to my website, which is Albert Preciado, my first and last name, albertpreciado.com. And then they're going to find more info and they're going to get the links to there to drivenevent.com. So they could also go to drivenevent.com. But either or works, albertpreciado.com or drivenevent.com. Perfect. Perfect. So to make it easy, let's just go to drivenevent.com. Go pick up some tickets and maybe I will see you guys out there as well in September. So Albert, there's so much stuff that that I've been wanting to talk to you about. I wanted to get you on the show for a while just because there's so much about your story that I respect. Just a little bit of context here. My dad's been in the real estate industry since I was like five years old. So I kind of grew up in a real estate household. I understood more than most people my age, what was happening in the real estate markets and stuff in 2007, 2008, 2009, 2010, all those different times. And especially in the mortgage industry, my uncle has been a lender the same amount of time my dad's been a real estate agent. You started your company in 2008. You started off as a lender in 2008 and then started producing really, really well. And your whole company was basically born out of one of the worst housing recessions the country's ever seen. So can you walk me through your mentality through that at that point? What were you thinking in 2008 when you're like, hey, I'm going to go be in this industry, even though it just completely folded on itself? Well, let me clear it up because I got into the business 2005. So 2005, I started working for my first company. So I was working for another broker, mm -hmm. 2005. And then 
I started killing it right away because it was easy to make money. The, right. the loan, it was easy to approve it. Anybody could get approved. Mm -hmm. Anybody could get a loan and the checks were nice and juicy. So I was just being taught by the wrong people though. But whatever they were teaching me worked because it was just an easy market back then. So, yeah. so I didn't learn the fundamentals. I just kind of learned how to focus on money mm -hmm. and just, Hey, think, think dollar signs and just close and close people into loans. You're going to make some money. So I started doing that and it worked for about a year and a half mm -hmm. because at 2007 and 2007 ish, it started getting shaky and the company went out of business. Everybody got out of the industry. And I was a 22 year old. Actually, I was 23 years, about 23 years. And because I got into the business at the age of 20, in my late 20s, like almost 21. So I, everybody got out and I'm just a young guy, 23 years old. And I'm thinking like, what do I do? So I just said, you know what? I'm just going to stick through it and I'm going to stay in the business. I mean, I didn't know anything else. Yeah. So yeah. I stayed in the business 2008 and my income went from 200,000 a year to 60,000 a year because hmm. the, the clients weren't as easy. Loans weren't as easy. Banks were had so many guidelines. Everything changed. Everything got tougher. So I stayed in the business. So when your income drops that much, obviously I couldn't afford my house anymore. I couldn't afford my second house. I couldn't afford my car. Lost everything, ended up in the Ford Explorer, sleeping for two months with my now wife. And I just had to just fight through it. And I just never quit it, never gave up, kept going forward. And eventually the year after that, I went from 60 grand to 80 grand. Then the third year I broke over a hundred grand again. And then I just started learning all the fundamentals and I started discovering how to become a great loan officer. And I went through a few more companies. And then finally in 2000, 13 was when I opened my own business, when I became a business owner and I founded the mortgage guys. Gotcha. Gotcha. So through this whole time, when you were sleeping in your car for a while, after you lost a couple of houses, what was the mindset that you had that allowed you to keep going in that industry when most people would have probably called you crazy for it? And then I assume as your girlfriend at the time, how was she through that whole process? Like when you guys lost the houses and everything? This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is uh, the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over one hundred and forty million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine 
is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at Indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to Indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Well, I promised my dad when I was six years old, I promised him that I was going to become somebody. And I told him that I was going to buy a house in Beverly Hills and I was going to buy a red Ferrari and I was going to be successful because my dad used to be a painter and he used to paint houses in Beverly Hills. Okay. And I used to go help him when I was six because I wanted to make some extra money. Mm-hmm. And this was when I was six. So from the age of six, I was just really, I had big goals. I wanted to get everything as a kid. You think you could get everything and people just turn you down and then you start becoming insecure. So I told my dad that I would do that. So when I had those tough moments, I just remembered that I can't let my dad down. Mm. And then my girl one of the biggest reasons for me, like what happened, like if I would have been more responsible, I would have saved what I had Mm -hmm. because I would have made smarter decisions, but hanging out with the wrong people, they led me into partying, doing drugs, having like five, 10 girlfriends at the same time. And my girl was one of them. So I was dating a lot of girls and I was just around the wrong people, just doing the wrong things. And that got me into trouble. So when I lost everything, all I wanted to save was my girl which is now my wife. So I didn't care about all the other girls. I just wanted her to forgive me and stay with me. Hmm. So I thought she would leave me because now that I'm broke, she has no reason just like the other girls to stick around. So Mm -hmm. that's what Mm -hmm. I thought. But when she was willing to stay with me and sleep in the car with me and sneak into gyms and get creative, that showed me that she was the one. Yeah. Yeah. And so basically it comes down to that why, you know, it all starts with the why. So I just love so much about that story. And then it comes back to, look, I wanted to prove to my dad that I was going to make something of myself. And I also wanted to prove to my girl that I could take care of her again. And there's just so, so much content there that a lot of people miss. A lot of people skip over and move into like writing down their goals and their what's all the time, but never actually taking a deep dive into why they're actually doing what they're doing. So awesome stuff, man. I really want to jump into the networking conversation now. This is the Build Your Network podcast where we talk about how to build relationships the right way and how to get around and connect with influencers and people of power, influence people that you want to connect with in whatever field that you're in. So you've obviously done really well at that to have these kind of names of these people speaking at your event coming up in LA and speaking at your event last year. So this is the question that I start off this conversation with everybody. So curious to hear what you have to say about it. Do you believe that what you know or who you know is more important, Albert, and why? I think it's a combination of both. You can't just not know anything and just know people and expect to be successful. You got to put in the work. So it's huge knowing and becoming friends with people that you aspire to be like. Mm-hmm. But then again, you have to put in the work or else those people are going to drop you. Yeah. Yeah. They're just going to see you as the incompetent friend that just kind of is around all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So if you're if if somebody's listening to this right now and you're going to tell them to focus on either one of those this year, which of them are you going to tell them to focus on? Building themselves first, because I built myself, I built credibility and I had something to show Grant Cardone. I had something to show Patrick but David so that I could get a chance to be in front of them. The worst thing you could do is get in front of somebody like that and waste their time. 
because that'll be the end of it. You'll never, ever get another chance with them. So you have to be prepared. You have to read a lot, study a lot, do self-improvement, work on your mind a lot so that you could communicate with a person like that. And then once you start communicating with them, once you meet with them for the first time and you earn their respect, you're going to stay a friend with them and then you're going to keep growing with them. So there's a lot of people that just think, hey, you know what? I'm going to go work with Albert. I'm going to go work for Albert at the mortgage guys, or I'm going to go work with Grant Cardone at Cardone Enterprises. And just because I work for them means that I'm going to be another multimillionaire on the rise. It's not just about that. Mm. It's you have to put in the work and it requires a lot of hard work and a lot of sleepless nights. Have you always been a personal development guy or is that something that you just started doing like in your late twenties or something like that? Always since six years old, I think. Okay. Gotcha. So books, audiobooks, what was your choice on all those? Well, when I was a kid, I used to ask a lot of questions. So I would always try to find the smartest person mm-hmm. and just start bombarding them with questions, even like stupid questions. <laughs> and that was my way of learning when I was a kid. I used to like cartoons that taught you stuff. Yeah. I didn't really like like stupid. There's like a lot of stupid cartoons that are just a waste of time. Mm-hmm. So now what I'm doing is my daughter, Italia, she's one year and three months. We're feeding her cartoons that teacher things. So I used to watch like a lot of cartoons. I used to get ideas from like educational cartoons. And that's how I learned as a kid. But as soon as I I learned how to read, I started getting into books. Like my first book was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And then I just started reading book after book after book. Then that's how I started building my mind. So you were in... Ever since you were a little kid, you always had these big dreams and desires of how much money you wanted to make and stuff like that. When you were in high school, were there people that were like, hey, you're going to have to go to school to make that kind of money? Or what did that whole process look like? Because it sounds like you skipped college and went straight into mortgages. Is that right? Well, yeah, sort of. But when I was going through school, my parents, my family, friends of my parents, they would say, yeah, you got to go to school. And everybody would make fun of me. And think I was a dumbass because all the kids of my parents' friends were going to college, getting degrees. And then my mom would tell me, oh, look, this girl just graduated from the university of this. Oh, this, look at your childhood friend, George, just got his degree or stuff like that. And mm-hmm. then yeah. I know that I was working on a bigger mission. Right. So that was always there. But part of my extra ambition to like not give up was first grade through 12th grade. I went to schools and people made fun of me. I was humiliated and they even went as far as putting me on special ed class because they thought that I just couldn't understand the language because my first language was Spanish. Mm -hmm. And even though I was born here, my parents knew no English. So they taught me Spanish. And then when I went there, I couldn't understand teachers and students. So they just thought that my competency wasn't there. So they put me in special ed class. Then they transferred me to ESL. And then the kids would call me like, you know, stuff like wet back, beaner, go back to Mexico and stuff like that. So I always grew up dealing with everybody against me and I just never gave up. Yeah. How did that play into your success? You think? I think it had a big, it was a big key. Yeah. Yeah. To be able to like deal with adversity and still see success through it is something that's severely underrated, especially with culture nowadays. Like I think everybody tries to protect their children from any sort of like, you know, harm and any sort of disappointment or any sort of like bad mental experiences, you know? So like that's where the whole participation trophy thing was born out of and all this stuff. But really adversity is where we learn life's greatest lessons and that's where we really thrive. And that's what really produces happiness, I think, is the ability to overcome adversity. 
adversity and be more comfortable with dealing with bigger problems and situations, which has probably led you to be able to build your company as young as you are in the time that you did it. Probably all of that stems back to the fact that you had the confidence to be able to overcome adversity. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. I have a big vision, so I'm really creative and I'm focused on the big goal, the big picture. Mm-hmm. But I miss a lot of small details. Okay. So one of the keys to my success when I started just scaling and growing the company was I started focusing on systems. I started focusing on people's strengths and weaknesses. So I started building a team and all my weaknesses, I delegated it to people that were strong in those areas. And that's where Patrick but David came into the picture because I started building teams like a big team and then just scaling with people Mm -hmm. and all of those people see my blind spots and they have strengths which are my weaknesses i have a great strength that maybe i'm probably the only one that has that strength but i also have a lot of weaknesses that require attention so basically building a team around that has been pretty paramount to the success you've seen the biggest The biggest. Okay. Would you say that that is something that you were kind of naturally okay with? Because for a lot of people, it sounds good to build a team, but they're just not okay with either delegating different tasks to different people, or they can't handle the extra stress or workload of bringing on more people to train and work with. How was that whole process for you? That all comes with the training, the self-improvement, the mentors that I've had which have guided me. And I always been humbled enough to know that there's people better than me. And I always want to learn from those people. I'm always open to get better. I always want to progress. So a lot of that is comes with ego. So people think that they're all that and that they could do everything on their own, Mm -hmm. but I was kept like, there's just a certain amount of production that you by yourself could do. So once you start hiring and growing your empire, you could do a hundred times, a million times more than just you by yourself. Yeah. So one of my problems was when I was stuck making 300K, when I went to Grand Cardone seminar in Cancun, this was four years ago. And mm. he just said something really simple that is common sense, but sometimes you don't see it until somebody else tells you that. And it's really important to watch the source of your advice. So when he told me that, I kind of started thinking about it and just put some action into place, which was build your army. So he said, build your army and you'll make more than 300K. Mm -hmm. I built my army and then I doubled the income to 600, then went over a million. And this was in a matter of months. Wow. Wow. Just from the one one piece of advice. (laughs) Yeah. Was that your first experience working with Grant? Yeah. Well, that was the first time I met him in person, but I had been reading about him for a year. Okay. Watching his shows and all that stuff. Okay. What about with Patrick? How were you able to develop a relationship with him? Well, Patrick, I saw his 90 seconds of an entrepreneur video. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When and, went viral and, a couple years ago. Yeah. And it got my attention, especially because that was my dream car, the, the red Italia Ferrari. Oh, uh, okay. And that's what I named my daughter, Italia. Oh, I gotcha. <laughs> Didn't even put that together until he just said it. Yeah. So what I did is uh, like that got my attention and I started studying him and watching all his YouTube videos and all that stuff. And I wanted to meet him because every time I meet somebody that I believe in having very few mentors, because if you have 10 mentors, you're going to go crazy and you're not going to do anything right. Mm. But my two mentors were, was Grant at the time and I needed another mentor. So Grant, he's so big on sales and investing in apartments. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And Patrick is so big in systems and procedures. So I knew that systems and procedures was going to take the mortgage guys, my company to a multi-billion dollar level, which is the vision that I have. Mm-hmm. So I started following him and I, I went to Dallas a few years ago and I knew he was there. He had just moved there from Glendale. So I told him, Hey, I'm going to be in the area. Let's meet up. And I send him a nice message on Instagram. Of course he went on my page. He kind of saw how many followers I had. He saw my content that earned me a right to go meet him. Mm-hmm. So he invited me to his office and we talked, we met, and that was the start of our relationship. That's really cool, Matt. You touched on something there that I really want to bring out a little bit more, which is the whole mentorship thing, because I think that people don't do enough reaching out to people who they want to be their mentors. And then when they do it, they do it in the wrong way. Meaning like, so for instance, you went and reached out to Patrick because of his operational genius. And you were like, Hey, I know if I can get mentorship from this guy on this particular field, which is something that I currently need help in, then that's going to immediately impact my business. A lot of people are just kind of like, Oh, I want to have Patrick mentor me. And then it's like, okay, you're going to go ask for time from somebody who's already really strapped for time. And you don't even have anything in mind that you want to learn about. It's just kind of a up in the air thing. So then it doesn't ever work out. And then they blame it on the fact that like, oh, it just doesn't work. But it's really just like you didn't have any clarity about what you were even wanting to learn. So you reached out to somebody that you admire, but maybe the situation that you're in isn't applicable to what they might give you as advice. So now you're just kind of getting random advice that you could have picked up from a book or some content that he put out last week, and you can't really impact your business directly with that anyway. So there's so much clarity that has to be gotten when you get into a mentorship type situation. Whatever goals that you currently are working on is what you should seek out mentorship on, and uh, such a, a fantastic point. So last year, you threw on this event out in September, and this year, it's going to be in, in September back down in LA. How has that been so far planning all of that? Like, What's been the number one surprise in this whole event space? Tons of surprises. And I just commit and I just figure things out along the way. Tons of surprises. So name one of them that you were just like, oh my gosh, that I don't even was not, I was not expecting this. I don't know how I'm going to take care of this. Like the AV audio, the video teams that you have to get, all the insurances that you have to get. I had an idea. We have cars in our event. We take exotic cars inside the venue. Okay. You need all kinds of stuff for that. You got to empty the gas tank and you got to push the cars and then you can't do that in Ferraris. And it was just like a brand new yeah. thing for me. So just a myriad of problems to solve. Yeah. Basically. I mean, I knew it was going to be pricey, but I never figured it was going to be like $300,000 a day just to have an event. Yeah, that's probably a little bit more pricey than most people would guess for sure. <laughs> but- yeah, and it also depends on what you want to put out. You could do events and have like an ugly venue and have ugly lighting and, mm-hmm. yeah. and just have the bare minimum, but that's what you're going to represent for your right. company. So I, I know that we want to represent excellence, excellence and yeah. that's going to require a lot of detail, which is going to turn into a lot of money. So that's why we did that. It was great. I loved it. And a lot of people had a fantastic time and a lot of people were thanking us for all the value they received. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sounds like there's a lot of problems. There's a lot of money, but you're doing it again. So obviously something about it worked out, right? Yeah. Honestly, after the event last year, I said, you know what? I'm not going to do this again. It's like way too much work and 
and exhausting. I need to focus on my core business, which is the mortgage guys. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I believe that for like a few days. And then I'm like, let's plan for the next one. And I just, (laughs) so funny, man, like almost every person I know that throws an event has like goes through the same thing after every event. They're like, ah, this is the last one. But then, but then they look at like how much good it does for their brand and for their business over the long term. And it's just like, ah, okay, all right, all right. When are we going to do it next year? <laughs> and how are we going to make this happen again? So it sounds like you're doing a fantastic job with it, man, because you got a fantastic guest lineup. Like I said, I'll probably be making it out there to check it out, fly out maybe with Brad. He lives like, Brad's office is like, two minutes away from my front door. So super cool guy. I'm excited to see what's going on at that event, man. But running out of time here, Albert, so let's go ahead and move on to the last segment, something called the random round. Just a few really quick random questions with some quick random answers. You ready? Yeah. This is the random round. What profession other than your own do you think it would be fun to attempt? Being a professional basketball player. If you could sit on a park bench with someone past or present and talk to them for an hour, who would it be and why? Probably Bob Duggan because he's uh, one of the smartest people, persons that I met in person. How do you like to consume content? Books, audiobooks, blogs, podcasts, or videos? All of them, but I prefer books. What is a book you've read recently that you'd highly recommend? Principles by uh, Ray Dalio. Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. Wake up anywhere from 1.30 to 5 a.m. And first thing I do is read for a couple hours and I drink my pre-workout and I hit the gym. Workout is always first thing in the morning. What is your go-to pump-up song? That's a good one. I always listen to music, but I would say it's house music, house music, but it's a song called Feeling Desire by Ricky Luna. Perfect. Perfect. We'll link up to that in the show notes. What are you not very good at, Albert? I'm not really good at all the small details. Got to outsource that, huh? Yeah. Yeah. As we get everything wrapped up here, bro, what is one place online where we'll be able to find you the most? AlbertPreciado.com. First name, last name, AlbertPreciado.com. Perfect. And also, actually, my Instagram and my Facebook, they're both the Albert Preciado. The Albert Preciado. Perfect. So for everything Albert, head over to albertpreciado.com. That's P-R-E-C-I-A-D as in dog O, Preciado, albertpreciado.com and find out everything about him there from his event to his social media links, all that kind of stuff will be there and go follow some of his content. He puts out stuff on on a very frequent basis, especially on Instagram and stuff that I follow very frequently. So Albert, thanks so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me and can't wait to meet you. Next time I'm in Vegas, I'll hit you up and maybe we can connect. 100%. 100%. I'm always down. That's half of the reason I moved here. So (laughs) (laughs) that's all for this episode of build your network. Your next step is to visit byn.media slash FB to join in on our Facebook group for more personal engagement, proven strategies and tactics to reach your ultimate goals. That's byn.media forward slash FB. Remember you're only one connection away. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.